During open heavens, the Lord came, he visited us. Apart from all the other things he did, like someone was giving a testimony, we, we actually outpraised our, our praise team, or no, we outpraised our musicians. We outdanced them. They had to tell us to stop. <laughs> they had to tell us to stop when we had to stop dancing because we couldn't stop because the presence of the Lord was so mighty in our midst. <clears throat> but I guess above all is the word that the Lord dropped here through our senior pastor. You know, there's one phrase I'm going to get off on today. He said, every human, he said, God created every human with a dreamer and a belief system. So the title of our message today is Activate Your Promise with Prayer and Warfare. Activate Your Promise with Prayer and Warfare. Amen. Activate, what did I say? Activate your promise with prayer and warfare. So our pastor said, God created every human with a dreamer with, and with a belief system. So your dreamer is that which is within you that helps you dream. And one of the things that did for me that day was that it again stirred up my dreamer. He said to us not to think of the past. He said to embrace what God has and let that dreamer come alive again. Do you remember him telling us that? And he said with that dreamer is a belief system. And then he taught us the Sunday of open heavens how the devil works actively to dull your dreamer and to dull your belief system. And he brings a lot of negativity into your life over and over again so much so that after a point in time, you know what? It's just over and it's, you don't believe anymore. But um, he said to us, don't let that happen. And he taught us from Mark 9 uh, with the story of the man whose son had, um, had the seizure disorder, as we would call it in medical science, had a seizure disorder and actually in real terms had a demonic spirit, could have been more than one, who tore him apart and would cause him to spit and foam up and all that and then would leave him almost as dead. And our pastor taught us how over and over the enemy came and did this, so much so that the father no longer had faith. But he had a little bit of faith because it brought him to Jesus' disciples, but they couldn't cast out that demon. And then after a while, Jesus came from the mountain, he had been on that mountain, which we call the mountain of transfiguration. He came, saw the commotion. What's going on? Well, I brought my son. Your disciples can't cast out the demon. Can you help me? Jesus said, if you believe, it's possible because all things are possible. And then, and he said, um, I want to believe, help my own belief. And our pastor said to us that the devil had done that over and over to this child, so much so that the son or the father could no longer believe. And then eventually, when Jesus said, believe, and it will happen, and he said, I believe, help my own belief. The reason he couldn't believe anymore was that he'd seen this movie play out over and over. 
When you see this happen to your child or happen to your son or happen in your life, after a while, it's almost like when they tell you God can do it, it's like, well, okay, I believe I'm a believer. And when people say, well, I'm a believer, they don't mean anything by that. I'm a believer. So what does that really mean? I'm a believer. <laughs> I'm a believer should mean that I'm full of faith and I'm going to take this. Uh, but usually it's I'm a believer. Well, I'm a believer. No. And Jesus said, okay. Bring the child, cast out the demon. And again, what happened when he was bringing his child, the devil came and did all that stuff to that boy again, and he started foaming again, and it was almost like the child was dead. But Jesus picked him up, and he wasn't dead. Okay, so that's a recap of what Pastor was telling us. He said to us, remember, activate your believer, discount all this bad and negative experiences you've had. And what was the theme of open heavens? Anybody remember? <coughs> Nothing they imagine will be. Um, Brother Javante, do you have that slide of open heavens? We'll just look at it one more time and then I'm going to run with this. Nothing they have imagined shall be impossible to them. That was our theme and when he has it, we'll put it up. But today I'm saying let's activate our promise with prayer and warfare. If you can't find it, that's okay. We'll go to the next scripture. Let's read from Genesis 11. If you can't find that one, it's okay. Genesis 11 verse 1. And we'll read from the HCSB version. So it's going to be a little fiery because I like fiery when I'm preaching about warfare. I am a prayer warrior. I love to pray. But what I'm trusting God for is that our church becomes a prayer, like prayer machine. Amen. So it's not just for the prayer warriors to pray, but I'm trusting God that even a five-year-old amongst us will be able to make the devil flee. Because we've got the power. The Bible says the least in God's kingdom. Yeah. So we can do this. Genesis 11, 1 to 9 from HCSB. Okay, at one time, the whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make oven-fired bricks. So they used brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Actually, God did tell them to move around the earth, but they wanted to be in one spot. So they were kind of counteracting what God's original plan was. Verse 5, then the Lord came down. You don't want it when God comes down to look at you, because he can see you from heaven. But then when the Lord comes down to look at you, mm -mm, it's not a good thing. So when the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the men were building, the Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Verse 7, come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babylon. For there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. 
So let's go back to Genesis 11.6 and let's look at it in the King James. Genesis 6, King James. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained. So I'm going to stop on that word restrained. Restrained in the King James and the original Hebrew is botsa. It means nothing will be made inaccessible to them. Nothing will be withheld from them. Nothing can stop them. Nothing will be made inaccessible. No one can thwart them or frustrate them. Amen? So, he says, And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So, no one can thwart what they have planned to do. No one can frustrate them. And that word imagine in the Hebrew means um, setting your mind, fixing your thought on, a, on an object so that you can acquire it. Fixing your mind on an object so that you can acquire it. So nothing can thwart or frustrate whatever you have fixed your mind to acquire or frustrate it. Nothing can. Once you set your mind on it, nothing can. Now go back to Genesis eleven seven. I want to read that in the King James. It says, go to. So King James is kind of funny. It says, go to, let us go down. Let us go down. And us there really is a community of God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He's not talking to the angels. If you wanted the angels, just the angels go and disrupt them. Just one word. Now, I was telling you, it's not a good thing when God comes down to look at you because he can already see you. So if he says, let us go down. Uh-oh. Not good. So he goes down. So, you know, we say a community of God. So there's one God, but there's a three in one God. So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But when he says go to, that King James word, go to, Go to says, thank you, I'll come back to that. Go to says, in the Hebrew means, let us make preparation or as for a journey or the execution of a purpose. So we're going there for a particular reason. And he told us, he said, let's go and confuse and confound their language. So God was not leaving heaven just to go play and say, hey guys, I see you're building a building. Oh wow, wow, oh wow, you guys are good. Uh-uh. He's going with a purpose to go confuse. So when God Almighty determines to confuse, even though he said nothing they have imagined will be impossible, nobody can thwart it. Guess what? God could. And he did. Because if you go all the way in verse 8, it says, So from there the Lord scattered them and they stopped building the city in the HCSB. They started, let's build a building that will go right into the heavens. By the time God was done with them, the city and the building had stopped. So even though the Bible says nothing they fix their minds upon can be thwarted, it was thwarted, wasn't it? So it's almost like God is going against himself to say something. So what God is giving us in a snapshot is when all 
things are where they're supposed to be, nothing can thwart you. But there are some unseen forces, God and his kingdom or resources. If God is against you, you're not in a good spot. You don't want God to be not with you. Amen? And like I was saying, God had told them to move around the earth, replenish the earth, fill the earth, but these guys didn't want to do that. In fact, we don't have time to go deep into it, but this, this is where the first humanistic system started, where people wanted to be something minus God. They wanted to be all they could be without God. And God said, uh-uh, that's not how we're doing this thing. So he scatters them. So they were not in alignment with God. So their imagination was thwarted, even though God said nothing they have imagined can be thwarted. God did it. So he tells you that if you are not aligned with God's will, you may not be able to achieve that which you want to achieve. I tell you though, there are two forces. So we have good forces and we have not so good forces. Or let's be plain, we have evil forces. In this case, what we've just read, God himself scattered it. So you can have projects that God himself has determined that he's going to scatter. Don't be in that kind of you know, you have the amen column and the not amen column. Being the one that God has said yes and amen. Amen? amen. amen. Okay. So, when you think about it that way, you want to make sure that you are aligned. So, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me, John chapter 15, the gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. That is so if you are someone who likes to study the scripture. You may not even be a guru. But you're just somebody. You just really like to do God's will. If you know it. If you're not doing it simply because you don't know. God already sees your heart. That you're already aligned. It's just you don't know. So he sends a word to you to make sure you know. That's why we come to church. Amen. We come to church so that we can. Know more about God, his ways, and get more aligned with him. So he says in John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. So God already told you every impediment, any frustration is taken out of the way. He said, as for me, I will not impede you. That's what God is telling you. He says, if what you are asking me is based on my word, he says, I promise you, I will not impede you. And he says, I will make sure it happens for you like you have wanted it. Is that simple? Is that plain? That's how to align. There will be no go-to, let us go down and confuse her language. It won't be so because you are already walking the way he wants you to work or walk. He's on your side. But the other part of it, though, is not everyone is on your side. So remember, even though everything they have imagined will happen, you have these invisible forces pulling on every side. There's the force for good and the force for evil. God said in Revelation 3.14, he calls himself the amen. He says, this thing says the amen. Pastor told us, what is the amen? It is so. 
God, Jesus calls himself, I am the amen. So whatever I've already told you, it will happen. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. So that tells us if we are aligned with the word, if you can find scripture to support your position and you go to God in prayer, he says it's already done. You don't need to fight and the devil can't stop it either. But he can delay it and that's where I want us to go. I don't want him to delay it. So let's go to Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10, we'll read this in the New King James. If we don't have New King James, just regular King James. Everybody knows that scripture. If not, we're, we're learning about it today. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you, are, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12 is where I'm going. For we do not wrestle against what? Against what? Read with me, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against what? So flesh and blood means the opposition, even though it may look to you like they're human, not really human. So here you are, nothing you have imagined will be impossible. So you let your dreamer go. You started praying. The Lord starts bringing all these dreams either for your family or business or career. Everything is coming together and now you're, whoo, I'm bold, I'm courageous, I'm going. And God already said yes. And he said amen. But look at this bad dudes, bad hombres in verse 12. It says they're not human. So there are some forces outside of your control. They should be if you do what you're supposed to do. But usually, so like you have God, and his forces, you have the devil and his forces. And then in Ephesians 6, 12, he helps us to understand who they are. He said, for we are not wrestling or our position is not coming from human sources, that is flesh and blood. He says, but they're against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness. Wrestle means you're in warfare. Even though God said, you've imagined it, it's aligned with my will, it is so, I've already given it to you. Guess what? These bad dudes whom you cannot see, they have made up their minds that that imagination aligned with God's will will not happen. So if it's a business that you dreamed of, guess what? Opposition starts immediately. If it's a good family home where everything is settled, Okay, you and your hobby, you came together, you agreed, and you said, okay, I've seen in the scripture that we're going to have a good marriage. So you, you settle down and you pray. Guess what? There are some forces, and they, they're nobody. They're not your in-laws. It's not your mother-in-law, brother. It's not your mother-in-law. Uh-uh. There are forces, unseen forces, and they are called... Powers, principalities. So we have four kind of rebel spirits here. Here, Principalities. These are the chief rulers or beings of the highest rank in Satan's kingdom. So Satan has a kingdom and he has an hierarchy of spirits under him. Some of us know this. Some do, so I'm going to the basics. So you have Satan there. 
Next um, level are what we call principalities. Next week, by God's grace, I'll go a little bit more into it because I want to finish on time today to show you how to aim your prayer. So this is a two-part message. But suffice it to say that you have this hierarchy. See, I am a scientist by training. So all these things I'm saying should be, you shouldn't hear me say these kind of things. But I know it for a fact. I know it better than I know my name that these things are true. So I will teach them. So you have God. You have his cherubims, seraphims, you have his angels, you have Archangel Michael, you have Gabriel, you have angels under him, they do his bidding. You have all sorts of good forces that God lines up to make sure that what you have imagined happens. On the converse, so you are the one in the middle, minding your own business. Just imagining like you were told to imagine with your dreamer. Minding your own business. On this side is Satan, principalities. So you have prince over Asia. Prince or principality over the United States. Principalities. Then under them, rulers of darkness. So these are authorities who derive their power from the principalities, their power and their authority. We won't go into too much of demonology teaching today, but just for you to know that this thing is well organized. There is a Greek word, which I, I didn't have to, I didn't bring it, but I've taught it so many times, so I don't know the word, but I know what it means. When it says we wrestle not against, it says stand so that you can stand against all the wiles of the enemy. The wiles in Greek, when you translate it to English, means, in fact, I'm going to find it for you, because it makes sense for us to know it. The wiles of the enemy. It's this systematic, methodical way the enemy thinks. It's very systematic. It's uh, Ephesians 6, is it 11 or 10? Maybe it's 10. Verse 11. And it says, so that you be strong, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. That word wiles is the word methodia. Method. Methodia. Method. That is, the devil has a systematic way of approaching you. It is very, it is not haphazard. You know, Christians, we sometimes don't know who our enemy is. And so in that scripture, I told you, say you are not fighting flesh and blood. Stop talk, turning to your husband at night and slapping him. You know, some, you know, sometimes mosquitoes, I call them mosquitoes, but they're actually mosquitoes. Somehow you open your front door and mosquitoes walked and something beat you in the night and you, <laughs> and you turn and say, stop biting me and you hit them. It's not him, it's the mosquitoes. Why do you keep hitting the poor guy? So, Again, you, then you hit the man, you elbow him. The guy is deeply asleep. He doesn't know what's going on. A mosquito beat you, you hit. That's what's happening. Not flesh and blood. But this is a systematic approach against all that you have imagined. Methodia. It means pursuing or 
following or pursuing an orderly and technical procedure in handling a subject. That is, you have planned, this is what is supposed to happen. You have imagined, you've put your mind on it. I can't even begin to tell you how I see this. I see it when I'm mentoring people. You see, I will sit down, we set all the plans, this is what they're going to do. This is what they want to do. We've lined it up with the word of God and everything. And they start. As a start, attack one. You help them as their mentor and tell them, no, that's not what the word of God says. Come on now, get up, stand up. They get up, they shake themselves. They go at it again. After the fourth attempt of the enemy to derail them, guess what? They just drop the whole thing as I'm not doing it again. Why? Because the devil is pursuing an orderly, in a very technical way, handling you. He's handling you. He's not playing. Anytime, anytime you set your mind to do, and it is in alignment with God's word, guess what? You rile up the whole of hell. You rile up from the top, from Satan down. No, the principalities are not the ones sent to you. They're spirits, just ordinary demons. But the demons get their authority from a higher level, higher level, higher level to frustrate you. But remember, he said, nothing they have imagined can be frustrated or thwarted. So he says, be strong in the Lord. Got it. This is your dream. This is your path. Got it. Don't let, God already said amen. Don't let the opposing forces come and say no. And don't think the first attack is where it stops. It is systematic. It is orderly. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Last scripture, and I'll come back to how we really do this by God's grace next week. Exodus 17 from verse 8. Let's read it in HCSB. Just a, a, something to show you how this works. It, it, it's a good picture, so I thought we will use this. Exodus 17 verse 8. At Rephidim, Amalek, so this is the Israelites, you know, they've been roaming about in the wilderness. They left Egypt. They were going to Canaan, but they disobeyed God. So God shut them down in the wilderness for 40 years. And amongst this, uh, this 40 years, somewhere in there, they had this enemy forces come against them. Rephidim Amalek. So in verse 8, it says, Rephidim Amalek came and fought against Israel. So Moses says to Joshua, select some men for us and go fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought against Amalek. While Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. While Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But whenever he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. Verse 12, when Moses' hand grew heavy, because you can only hold out your hand for so long. So this is warfare strategy now. But this is God-given strategy. God told Moses, tell Joshua he should go and fight. So the physical battle is there. But the main thing that is going to determine who wins or who would lose that particular um, battle 
is going to be you when you stretch forth your hand with the rod of God in your hand. I will make sure spiritual forces on my end come and aid the army of Israel. That's what's happening in the unseen realm. Anytime Moses stretched out his hand with the rod of God in his hand, the angels that you could not see, there they are, aiding, and the battle is going in favor of who? The Israelites. Anytime Moses got tired, because he was human too, and his arm started to go down, and that meant the rod of God started to go down, the Amalek, Amalekites, and that means the evil forces started to prevail. So, verse 11, while Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, but whenever he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. Verse 12, when Moses' hands grew heavy, so they decided they were going to be smart. We're, keeping the, we're going to keep this rod up because we want to win this battle. So when Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it under him so he sat down. So first, they made him comfortable so because they finally realized that it wasn't what they were doing on the battlefield winning this battle. So they said, oh, it's you? Don't worry, we got this. They found a good big stone. Sit down, man of God. They sat him down. Then Aaron and her held his hand up. They supported his hands one on one side and one on the other hand, on the other side, so that his hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with the sword. Now anybody looking at this movie will think, wow, Joshua, man of war. Joshua. My God, Joshua. And they tell you, if you ever want to fight a battle, don't look for Kate and don't look for John. Guess who you need? Joshua. Josh! General Josh! But the guys who wanted to win knew where the power was. So they made the man of God very comfortable. But that's how it is in the spiritual with your imagination and your dream. Here you are focused. The Bible says anything they have set their minds upon to do will not be thwarted. But there are enemy forces and there is God's forces. What holds that up that determines whether you win or lose is your ability to pray. It's your ability to pray. Did I say that was my last scripture? One more. James 5.16, James 5.16. And then we'll come back next week and kind of break it down a little bit more where the praise of fasting and praying will be. But James 5.16 in the Amplified, it says, Confess to one another, therefore, your faults. Where I'm going is verse 2, uh, part 2, part 2. James 5.16, part 2, or the B part. The honest, heartfelt, continued, it's honest, it is heartfelt, it's from your heart, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Dynamic. That is, if the forces come from this, the power turns. 
whatever, whichever angle, whichever direction the enemy wants to come from, the power is able to thwart it. But it's the earnest, continued prayer that makes tremendous power. That's what happened in what you saw with Moses, her, Aaron, and Joshua. It wasn't General Josh. It was the unseen power of God that made it happen. Let's stand to our feet today. I want to encourage you. If all you are able to do is just pray five minutes, pray two minutes. Don't leave your dream, your imagination, that which you have imagined. Don't leave it without being prayed over consistently, consistently. You wake up in the morning and next week by his grace we will get into how do you pray without being repetitive, without there's a prayer of faith, there's a prayer of intercession, there's a prayer of declaration, the different kinds of prayer so that you are continually maintaining this force that is upholding you until you see the victory. Remember, accelerated what? And guaranteed it's through prayer. It's through prayer and declaration. It is true prayer and declaration. <clears throat> Nothing you have imagined to do can be thwarted. But you got to get your prayer on and keep it on because prayer makes tremendous power available. Amen. Amen.